Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, today's topic, we actually have a special panelist with us, Teron Sims II. He is a U.S. Army combat veteran, businessman, political leader, and a graduate of West Point. So quite an accomplished uh, history already uh, on his short time earth he's been on because he looks um, uh, young too. <laughs> so I think he has a lot more to go. <laughs> so, he, so he is here to discuss the Republicans' direct attack on the Voting Rights Act, uh, how it will directly affect military family members, uh, their ability to vote and to participate in the democracy they fought to defend. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, well, sir, good to see you. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Yeah, so tell us more about this, because I know that this is happening in Georgia. We always hear in the news all the things that are happening across the country, that it's actually happening in 43 states, I think, uh, across the country. But, you know, tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah, I, actually, I was just getting ready to say that, sir. Right, so there are 43 other states that are mm-hmm. um, putting in additional uh, legislation uh, in an attempt to um friend, stymie, hamper, uh, make it more difficult for we the people to vote. Mm. Um, this really started, uh, I wish I could remember the year, not too long ago, let's say about five, six years ago, um, when the Voting Rights Act lapsed and it didn't get renewed uh, with another vote in the Senate. And Chief Justice Roberts, Stated that it was okay, quote unquote, um, for state for certain for pretty much the majority of your southern states and some of the midwestern states to uh, not adhere to certain certain aspects of the Voting Rights Act. Yes, uh, the 1964 Voting Rights Act uh, that traded certain checks and balances for the states to ensure that they weren't infringing on people's right to vote. In this case. Uh, Black people, you know, the spirit of legislation. And so North Carolina was the first that led the way um, in, in making it harder for people to vote. And so now in, in the present, 2021, you know, Georgia Republican leaders are, I hate even saying it to an extent, but uh, throwing a hissy fit, right? So the, the voting laws that existed in Georgia were crafted by the Republicans. Um, black people being as um, ingenious as we tend to have to be because of our history, uh, we're able to you know work around their rules. And we won the White House in Georgia. We won you know uh, Warnock and Ossoff Senate seats in Georgia. So now, so like you know, they, they took a look at their rules, and since they realized that we figured out how to beat them with their rules, they. they They've got to make up new rules, <laughs> right? <laughs> in the tip to uh, stop us from uh, from beating them again. Yeah, that's just, that's ridiculous, you know. <laughs> so if you don't like the uh, outcome of the game, change the rules, huh? <laughs> right, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly what's happening. So, so you know, so why why is it so much of an infringement? You know, because uh, we have this you know uh, democratic system. 
that was set up so that we could fully participate in uh, government as citizens, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. the elected officials are really our workers. <laughs> we, you know, we're the ones who put them in office. We're the ones who pay the taxes that pay their benefits and their their salaries. So they are actually our workers. And, right. uh, you know, for them to be working against us seems to be unconscionable. <laughs> I, I can't see how they get the uh, right to work against those people who are actually put them in office and are supporting them. And it's a question about whether you should stay in office if you're the one that actually is participating in abridging the rights of uh, citizens. And when you right. uh, when you do it with veterans, it's particularly egregious, right? Uh, because you're a combat veteran, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, and you know, going into Iraq, Afghanistan, and and going to those regions is a no easy task, and uh, you have to have a lot of guts and courage to do that. So coming back home to have your right abridged and the family members that you uh, were overseas fighting for and the other citizens having their rights abridged is really a, a horrible thing. It's almost tantamount to uh, you know January 6th uh, siege on the Capitol, right? Right. And so, I mean, if, if you look at, like, our active duty members and their family members who, you know, a large number of them vote absentee, right, um, their rights are the infringement is threatened because uh, generally there's like a grace period. Um, like so, let's say the absentee ballot is postmarked on election day, then that ballot will still get counted. Mm-hmm. But now um, it's up in the air if uh, if their absentee ballot is going to get counted. And, you know, if I'm a Georgia resident, you know, we'll just use Georgia's example since they're the ones in the headlines right now. But if I'm a Georgia resident and I'm stationed, pick a place, Fort Lewis, Washington, right? Mm-hmm. right? And I'm not watching MSNBC and CNN all day. I'm not knowing that there's no way for me to know that the law has changed, right? And yeah. so let's say I get my absentee ballot, right? Um, let's say I'm proactive, because I think now it's illegal, or they're trying to make it illegal for um, certain parties to mail you your mail you your an absentee ballot. Let's say I get mine and I go vote using it. It's not guaranteed now that my vote's going to count. Right, right. That, that's that's just uh, horrendous, right? Um, and you take the time to vote because it's your right and it's your uh, duty as a citizen, you know, to make sure that we are you know, holding elected officials um, to to be accountable to the things that we are demanding as people because it was really the, the Constitution was set up so that uh, no one, uh, and even George Washington realized that, right? He, uh, I think, it was uh, he did two terms, and they were trying to get him to do a third term, and he said, absolutely not, because I'm not a king or a dictator. And, right. And that's, uh, you know, so it, it, he realized that it, this whole thing was about the people, and uh, I remember, you know, I was, uh, I was a director for the Illinois Department of Public Health, and one of the legislators asked me one time, uh, and it was, you know, shortly after I had gotten in office, they, they asked me, they said, you know, this thing is so, you know, you have so many things to contend with. He said, you know, what made you come and join uh, this thing? And I said, there are three words. And he said, what? And I said, they're right over your desk, we the people. I said, they're in your chambers. <laughs> and I said, I'm here for the people. I'm not here for anything else. And, right. and so we, we have to really get back to that where, you know, uh, the people who are 
being entrusted with uh, taking, you know, taking care of the first duty of the government is right to protect. And one of the things is to protect our right to vote. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so what, what do you think we should be going from here? We you know, how can people get involved in this process or how should we get involved? It's, you know, especially as veterans. I think, um, you know, veterans, you know, you, you said it pretty well. It's a good, good, good segue in that, sir. It's we the people, right? So we all served. So we all servants, uh, one extent to another, right? Right. Um, whether it's serving um, our soldiers, our subordinates, or for leadership, right? Or um, if you being uh, a medical foreman, friggin', um, you know, wounded soldiers and so forth. And so I think veterans, because we're all civilians now, need to find a way to continue serving. Right. Um, yes. yeah. Whether that means, if, you know, if you're a parent and joining your, your, your kid's PTA or becoming politically involved, however you would want to define that, or your local civic organization or the NAACP, you, you name it. But I think veterans need to serve. Um, because mm-hmm. we can't afford um, what occurred January 6th to happen again. We can't afford to put ourselves um, in a position to where we wake up one day, like Georgians did, um, and find out that our rights are being taken away or our rights, our rights are being infringed upon or they're being hindered, mm-hmm. right? right? Because... The argument that some Republicans would say, and I have, I have a lot of Republican friends, um, they'll say, well, you know, your right to vote is not being hindered, right? Because to them, that means, well, you can still vote, right? Right. But sure it is. To the extent, you know, if, if, if we have all these amendments, why should one amendment be held higher, i.e. the Second Amendment, right, right. than my right to vote, right? Right, um, right. To your point... Um, if, 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 if this is a servant government, right, if we're voting for people to serve us, then at the same time, um, we should be making it however we have defined, I guess in this case, elected officials, um, making it as easy as possible for people to vote. And if there are already systems in place, um, in which people are comfortable when it comes to them voting, mm-hmm. then those systems shouldn't be removed. Mm-hmm. If anything, they should either be improved upon or used an exam- used as an example in other states. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. We should be, you know, making sure that the um, that this this is something that people are, you know, intimately in, engaged in. It's a, it's a it's an issue because now we're even into the time period where we're talking about. You know, uh, civil rights. We're talking about, you know, um, you know, institutional racism and all the other mm-hmm. issues that are going on. And this is a basic, basic right. I mean, it is, <laughs> it, you know, without uh, being involved in uh, the voting process, which is uh, that, that 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 you know the forefathers of this country fa- found it was, ex- and they had said no, rep- you know. No, uh, you know, uh, taxation without representation. <laughs> no law should be passed without representation of the people. And right. that's how we got away from, 
you know, uh, things like, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, original British rule. We got away from uh, people like um, the dictators that many of us have been on the battlefield defending against. And, uh, you know, so in Iraq, you know, we had Saddam Hussein, right? And we, and we have, uh, you know, dictators still like Putin <laughs> in Russia. Mm-hmm. And, and we have dictators all around the world. And uh, we cannot afford to have the t- dictators here. Um, and there's some arguments about yeah. whether we've had one or not, but we, we need to be uh, on constant guard against something like that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, and I think to your point, the only way we can do that is if we're out there in the community. Yeah. Right? Because if we're just, um, you know, we're talking about veterans, if we're just going, you know, going to work and coming home or going to work and going to the bar coming home or, going to work and you're going to play basketball and going home. Right. And somewhere in there, there isn't that connection with the community, however that community is defined, then we're not going to be aware of, of, of uh, the egregious changes that are occurring around us. And then we wake up and again, just like Georgia. That's right. That's right. I mean, I would say that Georgians are awake now, Mm -hmm. but years ago, four years ago, when those when those individuals were were elected to office who are now changing their laws, they want to wait then. Right. Right. Yes, yeah. So now it's it's incumbent upon people to to take this. Um, you know, we, we, we got punched in the mouth. Okay. I'm awake, I'm alert. Yeah. Right. And now now it's time for everyone to take some form of action and be proactive in, in shaping our society in the manner in which we feel it ought to it, it ought to be right that's right <laughs> yeah and you know so you know in georgia i guess they're you know all the legislators are down there are pushing people you know to uh contact their uh elected officials you know congressional members and senators and all uh, you know the the congressional members that you know are actually right now looking at these things and then we had, you know, we had even a legislator being arrested, right, <laughs> uh, knocking yeah. on the door of a chamber. And that was just, uh, you know, I, I saw some, you know, images of that, you know, th- that happening. And they, what they did was they put that right next to uh, people knocking on the door of the, of the Capitol, right, on t- January 6th <laughs> and smashing yeah. windows. And none of, you know, they didn't seem to be arrested or there was no real resistance against them actually entering the building and taking over seats, Um you know, n- nothing substantial. Uh, but, you know, so we, we, we really have a long way to go and start thinking about what these things mean. And, um, and you know, you, you know, it's, it's back in, uh, you know, t- t- towards the time there was a, a rabbi who once said it was during, uh, you know, the uh, Nazi regime. And he said, you know, they came and they took, you know, this, this person who was across the street from me and then they came, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just paraphrasing, but they came and took uh, the man who owned the grocery store. And then uh, so, so no one spoke up. And then they came and they took the little girl on the street and no one spoke up. And then they came to take me and there was no one left to speak up for me. And right. uh, we, we have got to get out here and make sure that every citizen, uh, every uh, voting uh, person has the right to actually vote. And, and, that, and yes, that's sir. just a basic, basic, basic uh, premise. And uh, for those people who are, you know, voting against uh, people having votes, 
there's a question about whether they should be remaining in office. I mean, my personal uh, view is that if you want to abridge my rights to vote, then you need to, don't need to be sitting in that seat. I fully agree. <laughs> I fully agree because they are definitely um, are not afraid to, to let us know who they are. That's right. With respect to what's, what's in here and how they feel about us. Yeah, and it goes back to what you were saying about the Second Amendment. So they're more vocal about taking away assault weapons than they are about taking away the vote. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which makes they, it... they want to they, they, they want to make it more much e- much easier for us to go buy an assault rifle <laughs> than than to go vote. Yeah. Which makes no sense. None. None. <laughs> and uh, right. actually, actually, I wrote something when I was in the uh, Naval Postgraduate School, but we had this little debate. And the way I won the debate was because I, I was saying, uh, you know, about, you know, these assault rifles where people are doing mass shootings. We need to have better control over them. And I, I brought up the issue about, you know, one of the things that was banned back in the 1950s, um, it was a uh, the use of a um, switchblade knife. And I said, mm-hmm. so we banned a switchblade knife and everyone thought it was too uh, too much of an assaultive weapon, so they actually pushed past laws and got rid of it. So now, switchblade life, knife is uh, illegal, but an assault weapon is. <laughs> right. You know, so it, it doesn't make any sense at all. And Same brass knuckles. <laughs> and brass knuckles. <laughs> but, yeah. So you know, it's just it, the, this, the people who are making these laws need to start thinking about their logic. And, uh, you know, and not being a gathering of psychopaths. I'm not going to go into the initials for that, but. (laughs) 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 Okay, really good. Really good. Thank you very much for your time. And we would look forward to having you back on, Teron, because you uh, you have a lot to uh, tell us about. And I'm so proud of your history and what you've done. And thank you for your service to this country. And, uh, you know, thank you, Partner Veterans United. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.